good to be here. I kind of missed you last week. I was up in uh, up at Church in the Rock in Palmer, uh, sharing with them there. Have any of you ever been to Palmer's Church on the Rock? Yeah, a couple of you. It was actually my first time. Uh, Chris Miller is the pastor there. He's a great guy. Got to hang out with uh, Jonathan and Ketri Walker. Uh, some of you remember them from Legends Past. Uh, what I'm going to do this morning, actually this week and next week, I'm just going to do a short series. It's actually going to be a two-part series that I've entitled Good Gifts. And I'm going to spend some time examining uh, a couple of gifts in particular that the scripture describes. Um, so I'm going to set some things up this morning. Uh, most of what I cover initially this morning will be stuff that you would say, yeah, I kind of know that. It's more of a reminder to bring conviction to some of those truths. And at the end, I'm going to share with you, uh, there'll be sort of a, a reveal of what I've really, what really in my own study has like uh, hit me in the heart uh, this Christmas as I consider uh, God's good gifts. Have any of you already opened presents yet? You've already, oh, that's right, because we had a party. We had a staff party, and we all opened presents. Joey got five small plastic baby dolls and a pair of socks custom-made with my face on them. I did not make the socks. They came from one of our other staff members. I love this time of year. It's, it's, kind of like, it's kind of like a slow build. Some of you have already started getting Christmas cards. I have this wonderful card from Jared and Becky Baker. What a good-looking family. If you didn't get one of these, I'm sorry. You should work harder on your friendship with them. <laughs> Here's Eric and Jordan Tut. I'm going I'm to be honest. You guys kill it every year with a Christmas card. Also, Steve, your grandchildren, I could spot from like literally a half mile away. The, the tut gene, I tell you what, man. What a good looking family. Let's see, who else did I get? Some of you are writing right now. Make sure to send Aaron a card next year. Ooh, the Gordon family. The Gordons here, I don't know if they're here this morning. I tell you what. The red, oh, thanks. I'll include this. Is this from you? Let's see who it's, let's see who it's from. Oh, and hey, the Fraley family. Wow, that's a great picture. Nice job. Um... I also got a card uh, from Edson and Renda Knapp, which I would read to you, but it would seem like I would be boasting on myself because it's super flattering and encouraging. But also it had an AJ's gift card in it. This was a gift I, uh, I got. It's a premium pillow top DuraBeam Dream Lux Airbed. So, two hunting seasons ago, I went, Jason and I went hunting, and Jason said to me, Before I went hunting, I have a spare air mattress. You don't need to bring one. Um, 
What he didn't tell me was that his spare air mattress doesn't actually technically hold air. So <laughs> we, I spent 10 days sleeping, for, this is a true story, I spent 10 days sleeping on spruce fronds. And uh, so that Christmas, uh, as, as any kind brother would do, Jason gifted me this air mattress. Now, you might be wondering why it's not opened. Uh, it's not opened because this year, Jason gifted me with a hunting cabin with mattresses. So, actually, he didn't gift me. He bought one for himself, and I get to use it. So, I'll tell you what, the only thing cheaper than owning a boat and a hunting cabin is having a brother that does. Why don't you open up to, well, I don't know where to tell you to open up, because we're going to look at a couple of things. I'm actually going to land in Ephesians, which is our passage for the day, uh, but I'm not going to start there. Um, like I said, I want to give some foundation for looking, for examining God's good gifts, um, to maybe give us some encouragement and some direction in seeking those good gifts. Uh, through this season of giving. Um, and then I want to focus on one of those gifts in particular. But I want to set the scene a little bit and kind of put in context the narrative of the Christmas season in historical context. All the way back in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, is this prophecy, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, and of peace there will be no end. So hundreds of years before the advent of Jesus onto the scene, the advent that we celebrate this time of year, Hundreds of years before, God had, had sort of opened the curtain of time and allowed Isaiah to see this future gift that would come. A son is given. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. You fast forward a few hundred years, there's a bunch of shepherds tending their flocks by night. We know this part, right? And an angel appears to them, and as is the case when angel, angels appear, I don't know if you've noticed this throughout Scripture, but the initial response when an angel appears is to be terrified, right? So an angel appears. This is in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. The angel appeared and said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for everyone. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The, the, the angel steps through whatever that dividing line is that keeps us from seeing the supernatural realm. The angel steps through, and it's a sight to behold, and he says, Don't, I, I'm not here to make you afraid. I'm actually here to let you know that I have some fantastic news for you. 
And what we don't see initially is that there's like a thousand other angels crowding around this angel behind the curtain listening into this conversation. And finally, they can't stand it anymore. And they all come bursting through to celebrate this good news of God's gift of a son who will be king, whose government, as predicted by the prophet Daniel, would eventually cover the face of the whole earth with a kingdom of peace. I'm going to give you four truths. My hope is, is that you would experience God's good gifts this Christmas season. And as I've been saying over the last few weeks, actually the last couple of months, and as other teachers have said as well, that you would grow closer to Jesus and that in growing closer to him and knowing him more, that you would be changed. So here they are, four truths. I'm going to move fairly quickly through them. You ready? Number one, God is a good gift giver. God is a good gift giver. Some of you here this morning uh, have circumstances, situations, relationships, um, unexpected events maybe in your life that have been difficult. For some of you, maybe very recently, have been exceedingly difficult. You need to understand something. Whoa. That's where I surprise everyone to make sure everyone's awake. <laughs> you need to understand something, and that is God is a good gift giver. In fact, it is the quality of all of his gifts. Everything that we experience that is diminished from that good quality is as a result of the interference of our sinful world and our sinful hearts and our sinful neighbors and our sinful family members. But God's gifts are good towards us. God is a good gift giver. Matthew 7, 11, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I know how to give my children good gifts. In fact, I've had a pretty, some pretty good ideas for this year. And I'm evil. How much more a God with unlimited power who knows us better than we know ourselves, whose goodness is abounding and never-ending, how much more are his gifts for us good? Romans 8.32, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? 
If God at Christmas, at the the nativity, at the advent, was willing to give us the gift of his own son, will he not also graciously give us all things? Do you remember the garden? In the garden, there was one uh, adjective used to describe God's creation, everything that he made and gave to Adam Adam and Eve as a gift, and that is that it was good. God is a good gift giver. Number two, God is the only good gift giver. Twenty years ago, twenty Christmases ago, uh, Jenny and I had been married for just over a year, and she surprised me with a Taylor guitar. Beautiful. 20 years later, I still have that guitar. It's the one I use every Sunday. That was a smashing gift. But guess what? God is the one who gave me the Jenny, who gave me the guitar. All of the good things that we experience. And again, some of the gifts of God we recognize have been corrupted, right? There's some things that he's intended as good gifts to us that because of our sinful world have been, have been tarnished, have, have, have been even for some of you sources of pain. But God in his original design not only made everything good, but everything that is good comes from him, is derived from him. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I'm going to try to take credit this year for several good gift ideas that I have, but the truth is, I'm the gift and God gave me to you. (laughs) (laughs) I literally just heard my brother say, wow. (laughs) God is the only good gift of everything in your life that is of value Everything that is in your life that is of worth is from God. Number three, God's good gifts come through Jesus, all of them. All of the things that we enjoy as blessings from God, we receive through Jesus because of Jesus. He is our access point to all of God's good gifts. Your goodness, your righteousness, none of that is the means by which you have merited God's good gifts. It is through Jesus and Jesus alone. If you want access to all of God's good gifts, it's through Jesus. 
Now, God in his generosity, he says in his word, he's made the rain to fall on the righteous and the wicked, right? There are some of God's good gifts that can only come from God that he, in his kindness, has made available to all. But there are good gifts that are reserved for those who, through Jesus, gain access to all that God has made available to us. Romans eleven thirty five thirty six. Who has given a gift to him, speaking of Jesus, that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. From Jesus, through Jesus, and to Jesus are all things. Number four. Last one, and then I'm going to unpack this a little bit. Number four, God's good gifts are easy to miss. Like crazy easy to miss. Like you're missing some of them right now. Me too. I almost, I almost worded that point, God's good gifts are hard to find, but that's not actually true. They're not hard to find. They're easy to miss. There's a difference. God's good gift of Jenny Weiser is not hard to find. But God's gift of Jenny Weiser is easy to miss. Fair enough. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search them out. Is it just me hearing that ringing, or are you guys hearing it too? You're trying to get rid of it. Thanks, guys. It is the glory of God to conceal things. There are things that God has not made easily evident to us. The glory of kings is to search them out. It is actually in the nature and character of God to reserve things for us to seek out and find. Uh, this was actually, we just taught on this story recently, but the story of, of Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman. You remember that story? She comes to the well and they have this conversation, but he makes this statement to her. It's relevant to us in John 4.10. He says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. It's as if you knew the gift of God, if you recognized in this moment, in this situation, the gift of God that was right in front of your eyeballs, you would have approached this situation differently. You would have asked for something different. You would have taken advantage of this gift that has been made available to you through the presence of the Son of God, right? If you knew the gift that is in front of you, God's good gifts are easy to miss. What's amazing to me is that all of the bad gifts 
that corrupt our enjoyment of the good gifts are hard to miss. Seems like they just sort of come flooding and rolling into our lives, right? These things that, that detract from our simple enjoyment of God's good gifts through Jesus. God's good gifts are easy to miss. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. There are some things that we find through committing ourselves to finding. It's as if they're hidden in plain sight, and when we direct our heart to the Lord to really go after the good things that he has provided for us, we see them there. So, God is a good gift giver. God is the only good gift giver. God's good gifts come through Jesus, and God's good gifts are easy to miss. So then what is a practical example of a good gift coming only from God through Jesus that's easy to miss? I want to share with you an example that has been... uh, really working on my heart recently and refreshing my heart. So I'm going to share with you one example uh, today, and then I'm going to share two more next week. We're going to build on this next week, okay? Let me set this up a little bit. Colossians 1.12, give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. So Jesus, now this is all language from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there was a very uh, robust set of guidelines that established that the firstborn male was the heir to the father's inheritance, right? Um, In fact, the sole heir to the father's inheritance. This is how things were done. And this is all looking forward. It's painting a picture of a coming reality. So Jesus, the Son, comes to earth and secures for himself through his perfect obedience the sum total of the inheritance that the Father had made available to him. All of it he secured from himself through his obedience to the Father. Colossians says we should give thanks because we have been qualified to share in that inheritance. So you have been qualified again through Jesus to share in this inheritance that he gained for himself. Second verse, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Stop being so ambiguous. What is it? Bill and Sue Wilkinson sent my kids some gourmet caramel apples. We just got them in the mail on Friday. They're so gourmet, we haven't eaten them yet. 
because we want to keep looking at them. They're really quite impressive. Maybe the inheritance is gourmet apples, caramel apples that never perish. What is the inheritance that you believe that you've been qualified to share in that is unperishing, that can't be defiled, that can't be ruined, that's secured for all of eternity? We know it's not money. We know it's not stuff. So here is the first good gift that can only come from God. It comes to us through Jesus, and it's so easy to miss. You ready for this? Ephesians 1, beginning in verse 17. This is Paul praying for these people in Ephesus. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him that you would be able to see Jesus better, that he would be revealed to you for who he is. And then he says that you would have the eyes of your heart enlightened. Do you remember that song? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Yeah, it wasn't made up from the Bible. (laughs) That you would have the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you would know three things. I'm going to deal with one of them. The eyes of your heart enlightened, meaning that you would be able to see with spiritual eyes what God sees. That you would not be locked into what you can see naturally with your own eyes, but that you would have a heart that is, that is able to be aware of and behold what God beholds. Because remember, his good gifts are easy to miss. Pray that your hearts would be enlightened, that you would know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. What is the glorious inheritance? You guys. The church. The body of believers. The Christian community. Paul says, my prayer for you is that you, uh, first of all, that you would see Jesus more clearly. That he would be revealed to you in more ways, and that as that happens, that your heart would, the eyes of your heart would be opened to see what matters to God, what's valuable to Him, and particularly this, that you would recognize the glorious riches of the inheritance that He secured for Himself in the body of Christ, the saints, the church. I'm going to be honest with you as your pastor. I love you all to death. And there are some moments where I need my, my, the eyes of my heart to be opened a little bit more 
to recognize what glorious riches you are. Anyone else? Am I the only one? Anyone else at times find that difficult? To see the, 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 the unsurpassed value, the eternal value of the body of Christ on earth, the church, and to enjoy our relationship and connection to the body of Christ as a way of sharing in the inheritance that he has secured from him, for himself. Not just the riches of his inheritance, not just his glorious inheritance, that you would see, that you would know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. This is what's on my heart for you this morning. Is that you would see what's so easy to miss. That you would have a very real experience of what's so easy to walk past. And that is God's heart. The value that he places on his body here on earth. The saints, the church. that you would be reminded of the value of God's gift to you in the church and that you would grow in your capacity to enjoy that gift now because he said earlier that gift, that inheritance is imperishable and unfading which means when you die we're going to show up there at the same place with you. And from what I hear, we're going to be there together for a very long time. That is the value that sent the Son of God to earth to secure for himself his body, the church. I tell you what, the saints, the body of Christ, the church, is a good gift that only God gives through Jesus, and it's so easy to miss. There are so many dynamics, relational dynamics. Dynamics related to our own sense of gifting and calling. Dynamics related to our past experiences. There's so many things that play into it. It's so easy to miss. But if you want to enjoy the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, engage with it in the way that he did by coming in as a servant because it's better to serve than to be served. I feel like Haven does. I look around and I say, there's just so much need, right? What can one person do? Engage, engage as a servant, 
And everywhere you go, there will be opportunities to walk with God and enjoy his body of believers, the church. I'm going to invite the worship team up. This is my request to you this Christmas season. For especially those of you with kids, I know you're crazy busy. I know your children picked 18 different activities and they all have end of the year recitals. And you're gonna go to a flute recital and then a banjo recital and then a piano recital and then a gymnastics recital or whatever that's called and a ballet recital. And on top of that, half of them are sick, right? And so you're navigating that, and there's a work party, and there's a whatever. There's just there's stuff happening, right? That during this season, my request to you, and this is what's on my heart, is that you would find practical ways to reinvigorate your joy in being a part of the body of Christ. his inheritance. May God give you eyes to see. Would you stand with me? God, I pray that you would uh, open the eyes of our hearts, increase our understanding, increase our appreciation of the good gift that you have given to us through your son right here in this room. that you would heal what is hurt, that you would mend what is broken, that we would be able to fully enjoy your calling as members of this body. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, now is the season to focus in on Jesus, okay? Don't let this season pass you by. Christmas has, there's so many activities going on, and like Aaron said, you know, especially with kids and family and all else, uh, it's really easy to go through the Christmas season and do a bunch of stuff and actually not slow down to focus in on Jesus. And so today's your opportunity. This season is your opportunity. Don't let it pass you by.